Hannah Huseman is a mental performance coach with the Philadelphia Phillies. She earned a Master of Science degree in sports psychology and motor behavior from the University of Tennessee, focusing on improving performance amongst athletes of all ages. Throughout her career, she's worked with business executives, actors, and members of the FDNY, which is where we first met in 2017. She is also the host of Hashtag Mental Sweat Monday on social media. This one-minute video, posted every Monday, offers tips and tricks to help you work on your mental game. Full disclosure, I subscribe to them. She's a former two-sport Division I student athlete in both basketball and softball and serves as a human performance advisor for Leadership Under Fire. I'm your host, Patty Murphy, and I'm excited to introduce you to Hannah on the Leadership Under Fire Optimizing Human Performance podcast. Hannah, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Patty. How are you? What have you been working on lately? I am good. I have been all over the place lately. Um, I was in the Dominican Republic last week, and I'm currently in Arizona right now, um, checking on some of our players who are playing in the Arizona Fall League. So things are good, slowing down a little bit with the offseason, but still lots of exciting things happening right now. So for our listeners who don't know, you joined the Phillies as a mental performance coach in January 2018. Obviously, we hear a lot about mental performance in sports, especially baseball. Can you give us an overview of your responsibilities within the organization? Yeah, so basically the main thing I do is meet with our players one-on-one individually, um, and then sometimes we do some group workshops and basically just be there as a support system for them and help them going through any experience that they could be going through, whether they're you know playing really well or struggling in some way, shape, or form, um, just being that support system for them and the coaching staff as well. But it's it's unique. You know, every day looks different. Every day isn't the same. And people always ask, like, what's a day in the life? And it's completely different every day, you know, tra- with traveling and then going to all the affiliates. A lot of people don't understand that it's not just one big league team. Mm-hmm. Um, we have affiliates all over. And so it's a lot of traveling and working with all the guys at the different levels. And then we have like, our home base is in Clearwater, Florida, and mm-hmm. we have basically three teams there. And that's where injured athletes are too. So you spend a lot of time there too. But yeah, it's just basically supporting them and helping them grow and get better on a daily basis. And instead of focusing on the physical side, like everybody else focuses on, we're really trying to focus on the mental aspects of their game. And eventually I want to dive deeper into those mental skills that you're working on with players. But first I wanted to ask you about working in professional baseball as a woman. And I know like PS you're preaching to the choir about working in a male dominated field, but I just want to know how you approach working in major league baseball as a woman and you know, what's your mindset? What are your goals? Yeah. So it's definitely interesting. Um, but it's, it's been pretty amazing. My experiences so far, everyone's super open arms and trying to figure it out. You know, it's, you do stick out whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and really trying to find your place and find where you fit and find where, where you can have the most access to the players and the staff and how you can support them best without overstepping your boundaries or without making them feel uncomfortable in any way, shape or form. So it's a lot about communicating and knowing what your role is and knowing that this is their crazy world and you know not completely changing who you are but trying to make sure you are conforming to their world and not like well it should be this way or it should be that way or mm-hmm. we should do it this it's, it's 
okay, this is how you've done it. Let's see how we can maybe make it even better. Um, and it's interesting bring, being a female perspective, bringing that to the table right. because you have, you just can almost build different relationships. I wouldn't say better or worse, but they're just different. And I always say, I think it's harder to, as a female, get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you're in and you prove that you can do good work and that you bring value to the table, then I think it can be a huge asset, especially in the mental skills world of, of building those trusting relationships and letting them know that they can say anything and everything to me and mm-hmm. knowing that that's not going to get out to anyone else mm-hmm. and just being that source of comfort for them when maybe other people aren't, you know, and, and you, most of the guys have good support systems, but it's just somebody who's there, somebody they trust, somebody who isn't going to affect their playing time or anything like that, but just totally supporting them. Mm-hmm. I know you said that every day is different, but do you have any goals in mind when you show up at work? Are there things that you want to make sure that you're hitting or doing for your professional career? That's a good question. Um, like you said, the days are totally different. Um, and we usually come in and we have a checklist. So like our number one priority is checking with the players and, mm-hmm. and making sure we have like, we have a huge Excel sheet of when's the last time we met with them. When do we need to check up again? So it's, making sure we're staying up to date on the one-on-one sessions for sure. Um, and then the goals change per affiliate, right? If there's, if you go into affiliate and they need this, then we provide that. And so it's, it's making sure we talk to players and staff on a daily basis of, Hey, is there something we're missing? Is there something we need to know? Is there something we can be doing? Um, and also making sure we're really integrating mental skills as part of the culture. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the number one goal I have is just making sure this isn't something that they do at the end of the day. This isn't something that, you know, you, you only have to do if everything's going really bad in your performance, right? It's mm-hmm. actually being able to be proactive about it and talk about this before and make it a part of who we are and, and make sure the players know how serious this is and how important it is. And that stems from all the other staff, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it can't really come from us. It kind of needs to be supported by other people. So it's making sure that that happens too, mm-hmm. is, is that we are a part of the culture on a daily basis. I really, a huge daily I really appreciate that response because it transcends gender or even jobs, right? Like, you know, I show up to work and I kind of view it as I'm an individual. I have subject matter expertise. I come to the table doing my job. Somebody else comes to the table as an individual doing their job and together we collaborate and work towards a goal. So that's very yes. transferable, I think. Yeah, I love that. And I've, I've always said, you know, you're the expert in baseball and I'm the expert in mental skills. Let's work together and create this excellent mentally tough baseball player, right? Like I'm not, I'm not overstepping boundaries, but I'm just saying, how can we take it to the next level? How can we make sure if physically you got it, mentally do you got it? So. But that takes a lot of confidence, right? To, to come to the table and say, you know, I'm going to hold my own against or amongst other subject matter experts. So how did you develop your own confidence? I love, 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 love this question. Um, I think the best answer I can give you is, so when I played softball, I was constantly looking for other people for those affirmations and that confidence, whether it was family or friends or teammates or even the coaching staff. Like I was always, always, always looking like, okay, I'm about to hit. I look down at their baseline. I'm looking at my coach. And I'm always wanting that source of confidence from him immediately right there. And you don't always get it. 
and I didn't realize it then. Um, but I realize it now that I was looking for confidence in all the wrong places and all the wrong people that the only person who can affect my confidence and what I was going to do at the plate was me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize that until after. And that is a huge part of why I'm super passionate about this is making sure that you're not waiting too long to find something from someone else that has to come from you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how I got my confidence. Is I finally realized like, nobody's going to pump you up. No one's going to fire you up. Nobody's going to tell you what you need to hear. It's, it's got to come from you. It's got to stem from you. And so, I mean, there are definitely days where I don't feel confident about something that's happening or a conversation I had, but it's like, how can we grow from that? How can we learn from that and be more confident if that conversation happens again? But it is a daily reminder. Like I do belong here. Like I didn't get this from luck. Like I know I can do this and some days are challenging and some days are easy. And, but it's, it's that daily reminder of if you don't have confidence in yourself, not really sure anybody else is going to have confidence in you, especially being a mental skills coach, right? We're trying to instill confidence in these players. And if I get there and I'm not confident, like, what is that telling them? So it's really trying to exemplify what I'm trying to get them to do for sure. Mm -hmm. And I have to say one of the first times I witnessed you put your confidence, you know, kind of on display was back in 2017 when you presented to a group of FDNY leaders. And you have been back to the department several times since then to contribute to the FDNY's Mental Performance Initiative. Side note, Mm -hmm. listeners, if you want to learn more about that, you can listen to episode number five of the podcast featuring Jason Bresler. Hannah, what brought you to the FDNY? Yeah, so I was working in New York City for a private practice. Um, called Sports Strata with Dr. Jonathan Fader. And he was really good friends with Jason Bresler. And so they made that connection and all that went off and we started doing awesome things and we started presenting with FBNY and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. It was just a connection, a friend who I was working with. He had a friend and we just kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I was in the room the first time you presented to the group and you just handled that whole situation with such grace and poise, <laughs> but a little bit of sass. So you could tell that, you know, you did have that confidence in your subject matter expertise as we were talking about. And I, so many people walked away with so much from that conversation what are some of the things you've worked on within the department for people who obviously haven't been a part of the initiative? Yeah, I think it's funny because before I answer that question, it's to me, like I'm a, I'm a tough critic, right? When, when someone's presenting to me, like I'm constantly critiquing that. And so before I do anything, before I say anything, before I present anything, I'm like, what would I say to what I'm about to say? Like, (laughs) would I be like, that's absurd. Would I be like, I don't believe her. What would I say? And so, I'm constantly trying to take a very serious situation and put a little sense of humor to it or be a little sarcastic to it. And that's my personal style. And I think people have different styles and, and people relate to whatever those styles are. You know, you're not always going to get along. You're not always, not always going to hit it off with people. But I think it's really, really, really important to know what your style is and go with it and be authentically you when you're presenting. So, like, that's definitely where that staff and sarcasm and <laughs> maybe a few curse words here and there come in to play when, um, especially when you're talking to a group of men, which typically that is my audience. So, um, but with the FDNY, we worked on a lot of different things. We worked on imagery. We worked on mindfulness. We worked on 
um, different kinds of scripts. We worked on breathing a lot um, and really trying to be in the present moment and really, really taking advantage of the moments that they had in different moments when they're practicing Mm -hmm. and how can they be the best mentally in that moment? Like there was a lot of like stops, for example, it's like stop, 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 or go, 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 stop, go, 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 stop. And like in those moments where they have to stop, how Mm -hmm. can they control their breathing a little bit more? How can they be in the present moment? How can they control their thoughts Mm -hmm. instead of just running rampant, running all over the place and being out of control with their body and like so helping them really really hone in to what is going on mentally right now making sure you're checking in and taking advantage of those moments throughout whatever you're doing to help you perform the best in whatever it is yeah it was really interesting to watch that interaction because obviously here are you know firefighters going through tactical drills and there you are a mental skills coach standing nearby helping them work through all of all of those different scenarios and skills from mm-hmm. your perspective and um i think that practical application really drove home some of those points yeah it was super cool because one of the things i talk about a lot too is i can have an amazing conversation with somebody you know sitting up in an office you have this conversation and they're like yeah i get it i want to do it awesome and then they go out and it's up to them to actually do it and I always think a super important part of that is bridging the conversations in the office or wherever and the actual physical doing of whatever we were talking about. And I think that what you're talking about is like they're in this drill and I'm standing right there and that's bridging that cast, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just sitting in an office talking about it. It's let's go out and do it. And then if it doesn't work out, let's figure out why. And if it does work, let's figure out why and repeat that and keep going. But like making sure you bridge that gap with not just knowing what you should be doing, but actually doing it and putting it into play, which I think is a really, really challenging part when it comes to mental skills. Right. And I think you described some of the mental skills that you're coaching members on at the FDNY. Which skills have they adopted the most in your opinion? I would definitely say breathing Mm -hmm. is the number one. I would say breathing and some kind of version of mindfulness and present moment focus. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that they're not their mind is where their body is and that they're actually checking in and not just thinking about what they're supposed to be doing or what they what they just did that maybe didn't work so well or whatever's happening like how can you get into the present moment and to me those go hand in hand right it's it's very difficult to be in the present moment if you're not aware of your breathing mm-hmm. and vice versa it's very difficult to actually be aware of your breathing patterns if you aren't in the present moment so I think those go hand in hand, but I would I would definitely say those are the top two mental skills for sure. Do you find that that's the case across the various industries that you work within? Oh, good question. Yeah, you know, I really do. Mm-hmm. I really do think so. My I get asked a lot, what is my philosophy? And everything I try to teach stems from awareness because I'm a huge believer in if you don't know, you can't grow, right? If you don't know what's going on inside your mind, inside your head, and especially under pressure situations, there's no way we're going to be able to change that and to adapt and to either make it better or to do it again or to stay away from it, right? And so mindfulness and present moment all comes back to that awareness piece. And obviously the breath falls right into place with that. So I do. I do think awareness and mindfulness and present moment and breathing is is one of the top most important mental skills and very, very common Mm -hmm. in all different entities. So you're also a human performance advisor to Leadership Under Fire, and you've worked with people from various industries, as we just talked about. 
What are some mm-hmm. of the parallels you've noticed amongst high-risk, ultra-competitive performers? I would probably say the most common thing is the studs of the studs, like the elite of the elite, are always trying to find what they can do next. Mm-hmm. Like they're always trying to find the edge over their opponent. And I think that's super important because it's you're keeping an open mind. You're wanting to always continue to grow and have that growth mindset instead of just, hey, I made it or I'm this good or I got this far with this. Why do I need anything else? It's like, no, I got this far. What else can I add? What else can I do? And usually right now it's becoming a little more common, but that one thing they can add is a mental component to it. You know, they've all heard about it. Everybody knows the mind game is so important. Like, oh, it's so mental. This is so mental. What? And it's like, but what are you actually doing for that? Like, are you just giving yourself a pep talk? Are you just watching one motivational video like before you go out? Like, no, like let's make that part of who you are. And, and I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest ones, always trying to find mm-hmm. the next thing, the edge, the, the part that's going to separate them from everybody else. So definitely the polar opposite of complacent. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. And you just, and usually the complacent guys are, are my toughest clients, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. The, the players, the athletes, the performers who just come in and are like, yeah, I think everything's good. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm fine. Everything's going well. And maybe things are going well, which is awesome. But usually there's something we can be working on. So no doubt. Right now, I want to dive into some specific mental skills. I've heard you talk about these topics and I've watched in real time as people respond to you. I'm looking forward to sharing more of that today. But before we get to it, can you tell our listeners what is hashtag Mental Sweat Monday? So Mental Sweat Monday is a one-minute video that is I posted on Instagram and I posted on LinkedIn. And I post it every single Monday. And I started doing this at the beginning of the year. And it kind of just came about, you know, I was trying to figure out a way to educate people on what exactly I do. Because people ask me all the time, like, what do you do? Like, what is a mental skills coach? Uh, and like, they think they know or they're totally off. And so I was like, how can I educate people about what I do? And how can I also help just general public, performers, athletes, whoever, to remind themselves that it's just as important to check on the mental side of your game as it is to check on the physical side. And I think we're in this world, right, where social media is taking over and asking and telling you, you have to work out, you have to do yoga, you have to, you have to get this many steps in a day, you have to drink this much water, right? We're obsessed with this physical sweat, like breaking this physical sweat, you have to break a physical sweat to stay healthy. And I think now it's mental health is getting thrown out a little bit more than it was. But it's like, to me, it was how can I compare taking care of your mind as taking care of your body and so that's where mental sweat because I'm trying to get everyone to break a mental sweat and not just a physical sweat mm-hmm. um and yeah so it's just a one minute video on LinkedIn and Instagram with all different kinds of tips and tricks and stories and ways that you can be checking in mentally on how you're doing and it's not just for athletes it's, it's, if you are alive right. if you are a human being if you are a parent or a sibling or you have a job like you are performing in some way, shape, or form. And if you're performing, like, this is for you. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I've gotten some really awesome responses from it, but hopefully we'll keep it going. But it's, it's really cool. It's just To me, it's to remind people that as much as we know we need to check in physically, don't forget about checking in mentally. 
I think one of my favorite ones was a, a Monday that you posted about struggling to get that post up, that you were yeah. actually going through your own <laughs> struggles to actually get the Mental Sweat Monday in. Yeah. And I was like, I so appreciate that honesty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try to keep it super real. And that was a tough day. I had like, I was supposed to have like a two hour flight and ended up being almost a 10, 12 hour travel day. Mm -hmm. And I think the message was do it anyway. You know, when, when, when you know, people are going to understand when it's okay, when you have to do it, like do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Like that's what's going to separate you from everybody else. Do it anyway. But it's real. It's broad. And it, it comes from ideas like that happen on a daily basis. A lot of them are things that I experience. So I'm training for half marathon right now. And a lot of it is things that I experience in, in my run or in my training mm -hmm. and that I know other people are experiencing it too. And so just, if it can help one other person, then that's a win for me. This is brilliant. How did you come up with the idea for it? I was trying to find a way to share my knowledge and information mm -hmm. and show people how important this is and what, and what exactly I do. And so it just, I was thinking about a podcast. I was thinking about a YouTube channel. I was thinking about a bunch of things. And I know Instagram is kind of hot right now as a mm -hmm. social media point. And I was like, maybe I could do a couple of videos. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I can keep it short and sweet, do one minute videos and see how that, see how that goes. And so far so good, but it was kind of, it was pretty random. Like, and then the name, um, my husband helped me come out with the name and sweat Monday, give him a little shout out there, <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. I appreciate it. And it's accessible. So that's yeah. great. So sure. in the spirit of hashtag Mental Sweat Monday, I'm going to name several mental skills, and I want you to give a quick definition for our listeners and perhaps a tip on how to optimize their performance using this skill. Is that cool with you? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. And this is in no particular order. So we're going to start off with self-talk. Go. Self-talk is the inner dialogue you have inside your head with yourself that can be either verbally or it could be inside your head. Um, so it's that inner dialogue and self-talk is very, very, very important in your performance. Um, and I think the number one thing I would want you to take away is I think the world pushes positive self-talk on people and it doesn't have to be always positive. Um, the way I like to talk about it is optimistic realism. Mm -hmm. So be real with yourself, you know, like, like, I would never tell a hitter to go up and think you're going to hit a home run every time you have an at-bat, right? But I want you to be real about what you want with a little optimistic spin on top. So I call it an optimistic cherry um, because I think it's important to know what's actually going on and to create that awareness, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to make sure you have a little bit of optimism with that viewpoint as well. Perfect. The next one on my list is imagery. Imagery is creating or recreating events an event inside your mind. And the most important part about imagery is making sure you make it polysensory, which is a super fancy way of saying using all the senses. So don't just see yourself doing something, feel it, hear it, taste it, touch it, What all use all of the senses to make sure that you're getting that full experience because those same neurons are actually firing in your brain as if you were actually physically doing it. Mm -hmm. And so if you're injured or there's a reason why you can't be doing something you can 100% practice imagery. And it's important to your performance, especially important when you, for some reason, cannot be playing. When, when, when you can't be performing, when 
maybe you're just sitting at home and you're thinking about, it can also be an event that you have done before mm-hmm. or that you haven't been able to complete before. Maybe it's a task that's really, really challenging and you're trying to learn how to do it. You can visualize and practice imagery, seeing yourself performing it successfully. Um, and again, like those same neurons are going to fire and your brain is going to get those reps in as if you were actually physically doing it. And are players really seeing a response to this using this technique? When done properly, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hardest part about imagery is keeping yourself accountable mm-hmm. and doing it because like we, we make an awesome imagery script and it's up to you to take it home and do it and practice it and believe in it and believe that it's going to work. Um, so I think, I think the, the people who have and the performers who totally buy into it have absolutely seen results from that. Next on my list, one of my favorites, humor. Ooh, humor. Such a good one. <laughs> to me, I think, I think you have to find your own humor and I think you have to be able to laugh at yourself. Um, we talk about a lot, especially in the sport of baseball. If you, if you're afraid of being embarrassed, if you're afraid of looking silly, then you're in the wrong field, right? And it's, it's being able to laugh at yourself before others laugh at you. And I, I saw a quote one time that says the most, the most confident person in the room is the person laughing at themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not worried about what other people think. They're not worried about how other people are judging them or seeing them. And I think, I think the minute you can realize that who cares what other people are looking at you? Who cares what other people are thinking about you? And being able to laugh at yourself is when you take off so much pressure that you don't even know you're putting on yourself. And I think that, I think to me, that's the most important part about humor. And to me, humor goes with smiling. Like there's so many studies, so many psychology studies about the effects smiling can do for you. And it goes humor, smile and and enjoyment, right? Mm -hmm. If you know how to use that sense of humor, and you can enjoy your sport or you can enjoy whatever you're doing. If you enjoy what you're doing, you're going to be better at it. Mm-hmm. If you if you enjoy doing podcasts, you're going to be a great podcaster, right? If you enjoy playing baseball, you're going to be a better baseball player. Mm-hmm. And so I think that all goes together. How can you create this sense of humor, a smile, enjoyment to make your game better, even when things aren't going the way that you want them to go? Pretty, pretty important. Yeah, that's powerful. How about goal setting? Goal setting. To me, goal setting is a two-parter. Um, you have process goals and you have outcome goals. You have short-term goals and you have long-term goals. They're all accurate, but you have to make sure you ask how. Mm-hmm. That is the secret to goal setting. If you just set a goal, I want to be an MVP. I want to win a championship. I want to get a promotion. I want to get a raise. I want to be whatever and you don't know how you're going to do it, then you're not going to achieve it. And so anytime I have a conversation about goal setting, say your goal, then ask, how are you going to do that? And then once you tell yourself how you're going to do it, ask yourself how you're going to do that. And keep going until you're like, what do you mean how? That's how. And that's the starting point for your goals. I think goals are the most common used mental skill, mm-hmm. but they're also the most common misused mental skill. And so I think they can be awesome when used the right way. That's excellent. How about you mentioned this earlier, and we hear it a lot, mindfulness. Ooh, mindfulness, my favorite. Mindfulness is being aware in the present moment, non-judgmentally. How does one do that? (laughs) What? How does one do that? (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard. And that's I I think that's a great question, Patty, because mental skills are 
very simple concepts, okay? Just be in the present moment. But they're very, very difficult to actually implement mm -hmm. and to do. And so, I mean, we, like, it takes a really, really long time to be a mindful person. And so it, it starts with creating that awareness. You know, it starts with this misconception that mindfulness, you have to be in a dark room with your legs crisscrossed applesauce and your, you know, pinkies touching your thumb. Like, you don't have to do that. You can be, you can practice mindfulness when you're playing with your kids. You can practice mindfulness when you're doing the dishes, when you're driving. One of my favorite analogies is, have you ever gotten in the car, you leave one place, and you end up at the next place, and you're like, how the hell did I get here? Right? And mm -hmm. it's like, that is mindlessness driving. Like, you, you are not mindful. You are not in the moment. And so it's just, it's checking in. And, and almost everybody has experienced these mindful moments. Like, for example, if you walk outside, and you're just walking all of a sudden, you're wow, what a beautiful day. Like, it feels absolutely incredible out here. Like, you are fully in that moment right then and there. Mm -hmm. Whereas other days you run out and you're like on your phone, you're looking for something, and you don't even notice what the temperature is. And so it's just, it's those like small, tiny check-ins on a regular basis. Like, that's the, that's the building block number one of, of practicing mindfulness is, where are you at right now? Are you here? Be where your feet are is another way of saying it, right? It's, your feet are here, your body's here. Is your mind with your body? And, and it, it becomes a very, very powerful source in anything you do in life. If you can be in the present moment, like regardless of what it is, you are going to be better at it. If you can be in the present moment instead of stressing about the future or worrying about the past. Right. And that definitely comes into play when performing. For sure. And that leads right Absolutely. into my next one, which is gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. So we talk about this a lot, right? Is a lot of times you don't realize what you actually have. And it, it's almost a, it's very similar to mindfulness, right? Is do you realize the situation you're in, the job that you have, the position that you have, the opportunity that you have? And there's so many studies out there about why practicing gratitude is helpful to who you are as a human being and especially who you are as a performer. I think as human beings, we have a natural negative bias, right? Mm -hmm. We are like trained and raised to notice the bad, the dangerous, the scary things around us. When the reality of it is, it takes, it's actually really, really challenging to find the good. And I think practicing gratitude helps you find the good in whatever it is that you're going through, no matter what it is, whether it's a hardship, whether things are going amazing. Like if you can write down three things you're grateful for every day, or mm -hmm. even just say them to yourself or say them to somebody else or tell somebody you're thankful for them, like that impact is profound. Absolutely. So we covered a bunch. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. I want to know, what do you consider a foundational mental skill? 100% awareness, <laughs> without a doubt. I, I actually don't think, so all of those we just said, self-talk, imagery, humor, goal setting, mindfulness, gratitude, you, you can't achieve those if you're not aware. Mm -hmm. You cannot achieve that if you do not know what's going on in your head. And I think to really like stress that point home, it's like when you're under pressure and something happens and you do something and you're, you're, you're after the fact, whatever happened, whether it's an at bat or a fire or whatever happens and you go back and you think about how your performance was, if you don't remember what you were thinking about or why you made the decision. That is poor awareness. Mm -hmm. and you can't do anything to get better or to change it, right? If, if you performed well, why? What were you thinking? Well, I don't know. Well, mm -hmm. then how are you going to do it again? How mm -hmm. do you know what you were doing, right? Or if you performed poorly, well, what were you thinking? I don't know. 
Well, now how are we going to grow from that? And so awareness, like of your thoughts, awareness. And that's why those mindfulness check-ins are so important because if you aren't checking in, you're not going to know, mm-hmm. especially with how our brain works and how many thoughts pop into our head per second, per day, per hour. Like it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so to really try to get internal and listen to what it, whatever it is you're saying, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, it doesn't matter. The power of awareness lies in the awareness alone. Mm-hmm. regardless of, it, of what it is if you're aware that's a win and we can grow from that and we can get better from that mm-hmm. and it's often said the first step is always the hardest like being self-aware is a journey in itself <laughs> without a doubt without a doubt and and most people are very poor at self-awareness which creates bad self-evaluators mm-hmm. which is challenging to get better if mm-hmm. you don't know like again if you don't know you cannot grow so mm-hmm. it's it's being aware of everything. You know, we know. Uh, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> we know, Super we know. <laughs> we know, we know, we know how important it is. You <laughs> mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to really specifically drive this point home. When do you tell the athletes or the performers you're working with to practice mental skills? That's an awesome question. It depends. It depends on everybody, right? Some people, I'll ask them to journal for 15 minutes every night. Some people, I won't even say the word journaling to because I know my audience, right? Again, being aware, like, is this person even interested in that? And so it changes. It changes from, hey, do do five minutes of video, do 10 minutes of imagery, and that's it. Do 15 minutes total. Or try something, see how it works. Do it for Do mindfulness for one minute, see how that goes, and then try it for five minutes, and then try it for 10 minutes, and then... And then you get the guys who are like, hey, do you have a progressive muscle relaxation script? Or do you have a mindfulness, like 30 minutes? I want to do it for a long time. And so I think the most important part of that question is to start small, mm-hmm. right? If if mindfulness is daunting to you, if journaling is daunting to you, if goal setting is daunting to you, start small. Do one thing today that will get you closer to that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe in two, three months from now, all of a sudden you're love, you love to journal. You love to practice mindfulness. Or you have the most epic goal-setting chart ever known to mankind, right? And, and I think it all starts with starting small and then kind of figuring out your comfort level. Because to me, worst-case scenario is, okay, go practice 30 minutes of mindfulness tonight. And they hate it or they don't right. like it or it's too time-consuming. And so especially I get it. Like everyone's super busy. Everybody has a lot going on. And so it's like how can we make this easy, quick, mm-hmm. and impactful at the same time? Right. The good news is it's scalable. So that's great. Absolutely. For sure. And you have to find what works for you because not all of these, all of these mental skills have to work for you. You don't have to do all of these. It's all what you have to kind of trial and error on what you like to do and what you like to implement and what you don't. Right. I have to ask, where does your love for mental skills coaching come from? Oh, that's such a good question. I love that. I think it's, I think it's kind of going back to just my playing career. And I've I've kind of always been the person people just talk to and tell things to and, and have conversations with. And my mom actually has her master's degree in clinical psychology. Mm -hmm. And so she's always kind of been an amazing listener to me and for me and taught me how to be a good listener and to communicate and to build those relationships with people. And so I think I've always somewhat done that. And then I think it just went to a whole nother level when we could tie psychology in with sports, which is 
the biggest passion I have in my life is, you know, I always wanted to play sports. I always wanted to be involved with sport and I never knew what that was going to look like. I thought I was going to be a strength coach for a little bit, a softball coach for a little bit. And I am a coach. It's just a different kind of coach. It's on the other side and it's, it's pretty powerful, but I think it just comes from my love of sport. Like my mom always being an amazing role model for me. And then just my own experiences as a softball and basketball player and knowing that like, I don't even know where I would be right now if I had those mental skills, but I also know I wouldn't be here right now. And so it's it's like, you want to go back and do it again, but then it's like, you know what, it's led me to where I am today and pretty awesome gig I have today. So totally can't complain too much. <laughs> One of the <laughs> approaches of yours that I've always taken note of and appreciated is the fact that you have a successful career as an athlete in your own right, but you always seem to be able to keep that kind of close to the vest when dealing with other players and only picking that out when it's appropriate. And I I, I appreciate that sort of, like I said, approach to your coaching. And, and how has that led to your success, you think? Because I've heard you talk about this a little bit before. Yeah, I, I think it's it's vital. Like, uh, you know, not all mental skills coaches have played sports before. And there's very, very, very few things that I hear that I myself haven't experienced or gone through or somebody that I'm very close to hasn't gone through, whether it's a friend or, you know, a like prior performer that I've worked with. But I think you're exactly right. The, the secret, if you want to say that, is, making sure you separate my experiences and this person's experiences, because just because maybe we both have the exact same injury, that doesn't mean what they're going through is the same as what I went through. And so it's, it's, it's almost bringing that experience to the table, but just letting it sit. And <laughs> as cliche as it is, it's being aware of that bias that you have mm-hmm. in that conversation and knowing, okay, I know that this is what I did and I know this worked and I know this didn't work but let's see how they want to handle this and mm-hmm. see what they think is going to work best for them and kind of navigate through those two roads to create the optimal path for them. And it, it ends up usually being, again, going back to their expertise and my expertise, it's, it's a whole new road, right? It's not mm-hmm. probably the road they want to go. It's not the road I probably would have gone because I'm not them. Mm-hmm. And so it's finding that new path for them to create the best line of success for that specific individual, which I think is the challenging part about mental skills is, you can have an awesome conversation about goal setting with somebody and an awesome conversation about goal setting with somebody else. And they're two completely different conversations. And I think that's where the power lies is it doesn't look the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so stay open-minded is what I say about mental skills, because you might've had an experience where you didn't really like it, but it's like, there's not just one way to do anything as we know. And Mm -hmm. that's very true with mental skills too. I think that's just such a valuable leadership lesson, just having that sort of humble approach. Um, so I appreciate sure. that and it's transferable. So that's great. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When did you decide this would be the career path for you? I decided my senior year of undergrad after I took that class, uh, I took a class in sports psychology my senior year and I was trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do once I graduated. And I was like, maybe I should just keep going to school. And so I did a ton of research on sports psychology master's programs and found an awesome fit at the University of Tennessee. It was a super applied program, um, which is is very hands-on and like getting to actually do the work instead of just 
write a lot of papers. We did write a lot of papers, but we got to be do a lot of really, really cool things too. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided to go do it. But it was it was really cool. That that class it's so funny, you just walk into a class and you have no clue what that class is about to do. But I had a really awesome professor and she instilled the love of that for me because the love of sport was already there. And now the love and the passion for the mental side of it and helping people grow and become the best that they can be on the mental side is super, super important to me. With that said, what does the future hold? I don't know. We'll see. I am, like I said, doing mental stuff. Monday videos. There's been talks of a podcast. There's been talks of like continuing it to see if, if and how it should change or whatever it's going to be. Um, and I, I think the only thing I know for sure is I want to like get more into public speaking um, and doing public speaking events and, and really just getting out there and, and talking to a lot of people about the importance of all of this. So who knows what the future holds? I'm excited to find out. But right now I just finished year two with the Phillies and we're getting prepared for year three. And it's pretty awesome. Wow. That went by fast. Yes, I know, right? So the crazy. days are I long, the years are short. Oh my god! <laughs> already three. I'm already on year three. It's crazy, but it's it's really really good, and I'm super super excited and happy and love being a part of this organization. And I love the idea of you doing more public speaking because, again, I've seen you in person just sort of command a room and also just be so generous with your knowledge, and you really are helping so many people in so many ways that, you know, and myself included. So thank you for all of your valuable lessons that you've shared. And thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Patty, thank you so much. No, I I really hope all of that works out. And I'm going to keep doing everything I can to keep impacting as many people as I can and teaching people the importance of the mental side of performance. And not just, it's not just all about physical, but how important the mental aspect is. But thank you for having me. I had a blast today, Patty. And good luck with your half marathon. (gasps) Thank you. It's in five days. Ah, hydrate. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Thank you so much. Awesome. The Leadership Under Fire podcast provides a platform that helps to prepare performance leaders to navigate the moral, mental, emotional, intellectual, and physical rigors in high-risk and ultra-competitive settings by developing strength of mind, body, character, and critical thought. For more on this, visit leadershipunderfire.com.